Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog and the Underdog Fantasy family. Reminder, if you use code TRIPLE at checkout when you uh, are depositing your first time over on Underdog, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 if you use promo code TRIPLE. So make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy, all the best ball content that's over there. We do tons of mock drafts or regular drafts every single week here on the YouTube channel that you guys can check out if you're not sure what best ball is, but it is a very fun way to do fantasy baseball. And you can keep doing it in the season if you uh, are worried about just the season starting that you can't do any of that stuff. Don't worry. They have plenty of other contests you can do. Back to tonight, we have just the crew, just the the foursome here. We've got Elsie. We've got Marty Party. We've got Doc. Elsie, I have to say, I played my first bit of basketball today probably for the first time in at least maybe six to eight months at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I played for about 90 minutes today. And I am exhausted. I'm sore. And, and I'm like, I, I didn't realize how feeling old just, I just, I feel so old. This was nothing for me before. And then, um, I, man, I, this is what you go through every week. You punish yourself. Basketball is, is, is an equalizer. You get out there, the first game you're out there, you feel like you're going to throw up. And then the second game, you're starting to get a little bit warm. And then by like game three or four, then you're just kind of your body's just accepted that it's getting beat up today <laughs> and it's forgetting about the pain until after you stop and then you stop and and your joints all they they all stiffen up and 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 you start to walk out to your car and you just your legs can only shuffle you know it's but it's you know it's so much fun uh you know i can't i can't wait i'm playing i can't relate to this i'm sorry yeah, oh, i can tell no. I can tell Art Moonlight as the Woody Harrelson character. You know, he's the white dude. Like, you know, they pick him up randomly and he just comes in, shoots threes, nails everything. He's got the Woody Harrelson girl. hat. He's got the hat, too. He's got yeah. the hat, the goofy hat oh. on. That's why I do it. That's why I do it. I got a lot of cash up here to bet when the game gets tight. That's right. I, I will say, though, like, I I was very surprised with how I played today in terms of just, like, I, I was, like, for having not picked up a basketball in over half a year, and I was never, like, amazing at basketball, but I was, I was like, I'm playing pretty good uh it's, it's just some of those things you, you play long enough some of the skills don't leave you uh we also of course have the the true love here in marty party or you could say love is blind because um that's the show that me and marty like to we, we both uh gossip about together he's ahead of me though watching the show marty party what's new in your world well as you already said uh love is blind season four um it's dramatic uh, it's been mm-hmm. great but I'm happy it's me, it's you, you know, we got Art, we got Doc, it's just the crew here, and the last show before the big, uh, before the season starts, man, this is effing awesome, I'm super pumped. Yeah, we're, we're the, it's the eve of the eve of mm-hmm. opening day, as it is right now, and Doc is definitely pumped because he already talked about going to an Orioles game next week, so he's already in baseball mode. Oh yeah, starting out right away, I think I went to like 17, 18 games last year, going to see if I can break it this year, so... Mm-hmm. Got to start by going to game one. That's right. You know, it's crazy. The tickets are sold out and the lowest 
price you can get for an Orioles game is $81. Mm. Interesting. Those are uh, on the up and up. And now Eric's on the bandwagon wagon. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> laughed at that, David. You're, I thought it was pretty you're, good. You're the least funny one on this pod. I, I thought think. that was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought that was good. We See, David, about, Marty laughed at my jokes, not at yours. We talked about on the last here. show how much that used to be a Mets fan and then a Nats fan and now an Orioles I was a Mets fan for like a month when MVP came came, baseball came out in like the third grade. Eric, you're not Eric, you're a lot of things, but you're not a liar. Let's be honest honest with each other here. You were a Mets fan. You were a Mets fan longer than that. We like fantasy baseball. We're fantasy baseball guys first. Okay. Let's just say that. Very, Very good compromise there. And as fantasy baseball guys, we are going to talk about one of our favorite episodes to do every single year. It is the Triple Play Fantasy MySpace Top 8. And it is our clever way of saying it is our My Guys episode. It's planting our flags on players <laughs> that if you listen to whichever one of us you like the best, uh, these are the guys that we're telling you to draft. Uh, whether it's who just are, of, Who are those people? I just was Googling MySpace Top 8 images <laughs> on Google, and this was the best one I could find. I'm <laughs> surprised put, you didn't put our faces on there. Oh, bro, you, how much time do you think I have? I, I, I it, just to make the thumbnail takes time, so I just whatever I could find. Um, I told David I wanted the thumbnail to be the uh, Tom's body, but like you know, with him turned around with David's face on it. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking perfect. something like that. I wanted to do all that, but time gets away from you pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but it's our, my guys episode. So again, whether it's the amount of exposure we have just from drafts, maybe we didn't get as much exposure as we wanted just because they went so early in our drafts, but we still love these players and are still telling you to go draft these players. Even if you have to jump multiple rounds to go get them, these are the ones we want you to remember going into the last few days before the season starts. And I think the best way to do it is we have 32 players to talk about and I don't believe we didn't we didn't go over who all our guys were to each other. So is there there could be a chance that there might be a repeat, I think. Um, but what I think we should do is we'll go through our hitters first. Each of us give uh we'll go hitter, hitter, go all around, and then do four hitters, do four pitchers. Sound good? All right. Keep the analysis short. Sweet to the point. We don't have to go for five minutes on every guy here, but kind of give the the best points of why people should be drafting your guy. So, Doc, on your MySpace top eight, who is one of your hitters? One of my hitters, and this is going to be an Eric guy moving forward. It's going to be Brendan Donovan. I feel like I think I've gotten him in every draft this year. Home league, mm-hmm. triple players ball, TGFBI. It's for me, a couple things. I think he's going to have an everyday spot in that Cardinals lineup, second base, third base, outfield eligible. I'm not worried about him losing playing time as much as I am with Tommy Edmond or Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill getting hurt. So once again, hitting in a great lineup from there. Um, he's somebody that I think will contribute in a lot of categories in the Roto League. Um, you know, we'll give you between five to 10 stolen bases, a good average, you know, between 10 to 15 home runs and then good counting stats from there. Um, and where I got him a lot of rounds was, you know, 19th, 20th round. And at that yeah. point, I like having someone that I can just plug in in multiple positions. You know, like I said, second base, third base outfield. But then you also do corner infield, middle infield. So basically everywhere but catcher he can play. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, he's going to actually lead off against righties this year. 
uh, for the, the Carlos house projected on roster resource. He is a left-handed bat. Um, so that's obviously going to play really well against righties against lefties. I'm sure he'll be farther down in the order, but he is the projected starting second baseman right now for the, the, uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And I saw a bunch of videos trending on Twitter of him in a new improved batting stance. And I think that's, that can be understated. If, if you go and you change something with your batting stance, you can get your hands to the ball quicker. Maybe you're more upright. Maybe the bats off your shoulder. There's so many things, you know, the uh, leg kicks or shortening a leg kick. So you could see the mate, the difference in his swing. He looks a lot more comfortable at the plate. Adding the fact that he can, he's what, like four position eligible on most sites. Like he's like first base, second base, third base outfield or something like that. Um, there's no downside to drafting Brendan Donovan. Uh, he doesn't go super high. He's got multi-position eligibility, plays for a good offense, um, and he could be leading off for them against righties. So, I, I, Doc, he, he definitely is somebody I could have put as a my guy, but I, I know you um, you talked about him a lot. So you He walks at a great him. clip, too, and that's what you're going to yeah. want from a leadoff in the 93rd percentile for that. Brendan Donovan's a good way to start this show. He needs to be on your radar if he's not already. Marty Party, who's your first one? It's going to be Rowdy Telez. So he's one of those guys that I didn't really realize was one of my uh, MySpace top eight guys until you know the dra- uh, the dust settles from drafting, and I have him on six out of eight teams. So he definitely is one of those guys. Um, just I mean, last year I he was kind of, he was on people's radars, but like last year hit thirty five home runs. Um, this year, you know, he's still hitting in a great hitters park in, in uh, Milwaukee. ATC projections have him batting 246 with 29 homers, 81 RBIs. I mean, he absolutely crushes the ball. 88th percentile in barrel percentage, 98th percentile in max exit velocity, and he walks at a good clip as well, like our last guy. Uh, 77th percentile in walk percentage. So, Rowdy Telez, I love where I'm getting him. Unfortunately, he has skyrocketed up the board. Um, mm-hmm. I think at one point when I was getting them, like in the fall, um, I was getting them as like the 16th first baseman off the board. Now he's the 11th. So the helium has kicked in, um, but I was there and I got him before all that. So Rowdy Telez, baby. Advantage of drafting early, uh, yep. 30 home run power. He's going to uh, be a big part of the Milwaukee Brewers offense this year. And he's, I feel like one of the few legit power targets that you can get in the middle part of your draft that has that type of upside in that category. Uh, yeah. And he's not going to absolutely kill your batting average either. I mean, they, they got him for two, uh, ATC has him for two forty six. I mean, that's pretty good. Statcast page is a nice, beautiful shade of red on most of his categories there. And, um, yeah, definitely can do it with the stick 35 home runs last season, only a two nineteen average, but Marty mentioned again, uh, you know, the expected stats could definitely show that that's not necessarily exactly how it should have been. The expected batting average last year was a 252. So yep. room for improvement in there. I'm very excited for Rowdy Tellez. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's an art guy too. And I've not looked at a list, but I know art loves Rowdy Tellez. I, I do love Rowdy and I, and I would, I could almost put any one of those power hitting first basemen that go in that range as like a member of my MySpace top eight right this year, because like if you, if I go and come out of a draft and I don't get Telez or Rizzo or Christian Walker or 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 Ryan Mountcastle, one of those guys, I'll, I'll feel like I, I I screwed up my draft somehow because that's such a good source of power. That segues me into the first guy I want to bring up. Goes around that range, 
great source of power, scarce position. Hunter Renfro is a guy mm. who I'm getting on a lot of my teams this year. He's going around pick 150, 33rd outfielder off the board. I think what you're getting with him is a, a solid batting average. He's hit over 250 each of the last two seasons, and he gives you solid power. 29 and 31 home runs. Angel, the Angel Stadium is a pretty good home run stadium. I like that entire offense. I think that uh, Otani, Trout, Taylor Ward, Renfro, I, lo- I like Rangifo, I like Drury to have a good season. I think they have a lot of potential there. And I think, well, and hopefully Rendon, you know, that with this offense coming up, uh, I think Renfro is going to be a big part of that. There's going to be a lot of home runs hit out there. I got him on a lot of teams. Uh, comes really nice in the flow of a draft, need power, need an outfielder. Renfro's there all the time. All right. Hunter Renfro is another great power target in that range. And you think he gets a lot of playing time with Boston? What? Do you think he gets a lot of playing time with Boston? Renfro? Did I Hunter Renfro? Renfro's yeah. on the Angels, man. What? I think I've made this mistake. I it's this the second thing. I think it I've is, done actually. It twice. I've yeah. used to be on the Sox. I literally, I, it was with Justin Mason, I think. I Amateur did. hour. I know. I, I don't know why I keep... This if is you a play too much trick. basketball, he's dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I... But I didn't play basketball last time. I think I'm just an idiot, so... <laughs> it's <laughs> a brain tick. Brain Go tick. ahead, Elsa. Yeah. Uh, you think he could... He'll get everyday playing time with the Angels. Yeah, he well, he has a good glove. He's a good good wheels. He gets to a lot of balls. So I think he's a good outfielder. Um, they they have him. They have Ward. Um, uh, who's going to be their third outfielder this coming up? This, uh, you know, I, I think his his spot is pretty solid, especially with that good batting average and the power. But um, I, I don't. I I I have about 550 plate appearances and that's all he needs to get to that 28 30 home runs mm-hmm. um and with with that offense like i said they could be they could be uh they could be racking up more more runs than than his last few offenses he's been on especially last year's milwaukee yeah i, I mean i could see that and art to answer your question with the angels who could be starting for them in the outfield uh the other guys taylor ward you already said mike trout Trout, and then, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was it. He was in the top of my head either. Then Hunter Renfro starting at right field, and I then they were have... talking about Brett Phillips. <laughs> He's their fourth <laughs> outfielder. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, he Brett Phillips being their fourth outfielder seems like he has a, a good path. And obviously, we have no idea what Joe Adele is going to be at this point. He seems like a, a quad A player. Just need to show him play in the outfield at, at all. No, he's always just DHs now. He's only play on any best ball leagues. Yeah. Is he an outfielder? Is anybody else interested that why Reed Detmers is number four on the starting pitching depth chart? He's behind Shohei, obviously, Patrick Sandoval, Tyler Anderson, Tyler, Tyler Anderson and Reed Detmers. I would put him over Tyler Anderson. Well, they invested more money in Tyler Anderson. That's why. Uh, I think that's money talks, but not necessarily the best talent there to be the three starter. Um, my first guy I was I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go to start out. And Hunter yeah. Renfro plays for the Raiders. He does play for the Raiders. <laughs> I would feel like I would have been less stupid if I had said that comment because at least it's this it's uh, the same name. Um, but yeah, so 
my first guy, this is my absolutely favorite hitter this year. Uh, and that is Corey Seager of the Texas Rangers. You could put a, a futures bet in Eric about him leading the American League in hits this year. You could put a you futures bet to? in. I wouldn't rule against. I wouldn't say it's a bad bet. Okay. You could convince me that Corey Seager could be the AL MVP, and I would not be shocked this year. And I'm not any of the guys that we mentioned. I'll, I'll also preface that if you you know if you're deep in the industry, these not like these guys are secrets. A lot of you know players talk, people talk up these guys too, but there are certain things that what I see in them, uh, at least for my guys, that like I I really do believe in certain things that are, are happening, and same with you know, talking about Corey Seager, uh, he lost the most hits out of any player in baseball last year with the shift. He was a heavy pull player and he lost out. It was like 80 something hits and his expected batting average is basically 60 points higher than his actual batting average. But how has he responded in string in spring training since the, uh, shift restrictions were put into place? Well, he had 52 plate appearances, he hit 467, 510, 756 slash. He's had four home runs, nine RBIs, 11 runs, five walks to seven strikeouts, a 1264 OPS. He just literally fit right into the narrative that this guy was going to smash this year once you took away the full on shift and added the restrictions in there. And you combine that with the fact, again, he's just incredibly talented. Maybe in best case scenario, he's a 30 home run bat, but I do think 30 home runs is right in his wheelhouse of what he can get to. He's going to hit in the middle of an improving Texas lineup and uh, just overall just does a bunch of things really, really well. Uh, Corey Seager's one of the best line drive hitters in baseball, and I think he is going to be an absolute stud this year. And I put my money where my mouth was because I took him in the second round of our home league last night. It was a I I knew he wasn't going to come back to me. If I didn't take him on the 2-3 turn, there was no chance he was going to get back to me. So I took him. And that's one of the things you're talking about with our my guys is you make sure you grab him when you can. So um, Corey Seager is my first my guy. Doc, your second one. We're going hitter or pitcher? We're going to do all hitters first, and then we'll go all pitchers. Gotcha. Uh, so my second one is Jose Abreu. And this is somebody that at the beginning of draft season when we did the 50-round draft with Justin Mason and Spore in uh, FPAS was right near 100. And even ESPN, whose rankings are a little bit whack, had him at 87 yesterday. Mm -hmm. And just talking about putting him in a great Houston lineup, I think somebody that has a little bit of motivation, especially a lot of people, I think, kind of wrote him out initially. He's just been consistent and durable. 157 games last year, 152 the the year before that, all 60 in the shortened season, 159 the year before that. Now, I know the power numbers went down. He only had 15 last year. But he actually had the best average. He's had one of the best averages at 304. Plenty of counting stats in that Houston lineup. And especially in a points league, like he isn't going to give you any stolen bases. But he's going to give you a good average, somebody that doesn't strike out a lot. Now, albeit he doesn't walk a lot either. But just somebody that I think it recency bias has them kind of fading. And 36, a lot of people might be writing him off. But you look at Nelson Cruz, who even produced till age 39. Like age 36 for a hitter, especially if his caliber isn't necessarily a death wish. So I got a lot of shares of him this year, and I'm very, very happy about it. I mean, Doc, he was one, he was on my my guys list earlier this offseason. And the only reason I took him off is because his ADP jumped so high that I just felt like he he wasn't as much of a sneaky value anymore. 
And because, yeah, you were right. Like he was going like at like a round pick, like 110. And Vinny Pasquantino was going at like in the high 80s. And I was like, I will wait 30 picks for Jose Abreu. Are you kidding me? 16% strikeout rate last year. Uh, still has played in a ton of games every single year. I have a bunch of Jose Abreu stats that I've said before on this show. If you guys want to go back to our first baseman preview. So I won't have, to, I won't repeat everything here now. Um, but Jose Abreu is an, is going to produce a lot in that Houston lineup, like you said, Doc. Um, and again, I think he's an absolute stud and can see why you'd pick him as a my guy. Marty, who's your next one? Another Brewer, Mr. Kristen Yelich. I'm still believing in him, baby. Mm. Uh, this year, hitting top of the Brewers lineup. Everyone points to his um, his injuries, you know, and say, oh, you're, how are you going to get 120 games out of him? Last year, he played 154 games. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not impossible. His back doesn't, you know, absolutely destroy him for the entire season. So it's possible he can stay around that 150 game mark. ATC projections have him for 16 home runs and 17 steals. So where for where he's going, that's great. Um, and max exit velocity last year, 99th percentile. His walk percentage is in the 94th percentile. Hitting at the top of the Brewers lineup with the boppers behind him. Give me Kristen Yelich all day, baby. He was also on a podcast and talked about that this is the best he's felt in the last like four years. Uh, just saying his back feels like it's healed up a lot and he just knows his body a lot better. And he talked about really starting to mess up when he did the home run derby a few years ago and trying to, to push through it. And it continued into the all-star game when he wanted to make sure he got an at bat in um, just so he could say he let off in the all-star game. And, um, you know, it, it just, it goes into detail about it. It just makes you more optimistic of, what could come this year for him? And he's Marty. Let me ask you: What do you? Because we've seen the MVP Christian Yelich, and we've seen the Christian Yelich of the last couple of years. Yep. What do you envision his stat line being? I have him around that 150 game mark. I'm going to say 18 home runs, 17 stolen bases, batting 253. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to go 99 runs. And 61 RBI. That's fair. Then he says over or under two weeks until he gets injured. He played 154 games. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, uh, I think second week of May is when he gets hurt. I'll go over too. I don't think he gets hurt right away. <laughs> I did. I did draft him last night. I'm sorry, too. Christian. I didn't know I was bringing you up like this. Hopefully you don't <laughs> listen to the show. He already has three home runs in spring training. I, I do. I mean, he's worth the investment at where he's going. No doubt. Um, based on if he could even be 75% of the player he used to be. He just the, burned uh, everybody first. for those two years after that MVP yeah. season. Everyone's just really upset. And I understand that. Art, who's the next hitter on your list? Someone that my most owned catcher is a person who I think just needs some health, and that's Danny Jansen. Mm-hmm. When he's played over the last few seasons, he's had a decent batting average. And a lot of power. Last season, especially, he hit over 260 with 15 home runs. Missed a couple months of the season. Just need to get some health. He's going as the 15th catcher, 204th pick off the board on average in the main event. Um, I think that that's that's a really good price for for who he is. Especially you look going up, like Kiebert Ruiz is going ahead of him. He doesn't have nearly the power that 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 Jansen has. Uh, um, you have someone going ahead of him, um, uh, big dumper, uh, Cal Raleigh. He has a lot of power, but he has a lot of batting average risk. Whereas I feel like Jansen's batting average is pretty solidly better than that. While he, if he stays healthy, 
has the same sort of power of it. Mid twenties home runs. I think he could get there. Uh, Jansen is someone who I have on most of my teams, just because I think I, I thought of him as one of the best values in the drafted catcher for this entire draft season. His, his price never really went up that much. All he needs to do is stay healthy and he's going to earn that. Question in the chat from urgent. He says, does anyone like Bobby Witt jr? Bobby Witt. I, I mean, we know how much I had a, a man crush on Bobby Witt last year. He's probably is, still is, my, is he messing with us? <laughs> no, I don't. Is he messing with us? If he, if, I mean, of course that's he is. David. it's a pretty astute thing. If he's made me not realize <laughs> that he remembered that I'm going to pretend that this is actually a real question. Just in case he's actually curious. Um, Bobby Witt it's in Roto Leagues is still a top 15 player, in my opinion. Without a doubt. And we have no idea yeah. what his ceiling is. Like, yeah, we just don't. Points Leagues, it's a little harder because right now his plate discipline uh, makes it a little bit harder to draft him in Points Leagues in the top. Like, I would probably take him in the third round in a Points League. I would take him in the first round in a Roto League. But it, Bobby Witt is a freaking stud. He's the Patrick Mahomes of baseball. Don't ever forget that. That's the first time we brought it up this year, I think. We didn't do that. We didn't, haven't done it this year. Um, my, my next player. I feel like Austin, J-Rod has to be the Patrick Mahomes of baseball. I mean, technically, yes, he is. Okay. But we didn't do that. We didn't say it this year. I had to say it once before the season started. Um, my next player, Oscar Gonzalez. He's, I always call him the Walmart version of your favorite outfielder. A 296, 327, 461 hitter last year, 11 homers and 43 REIs, a 7088 OPS in 91 games. Um, struck out in under 20% of his at bats at the major league level last season, and 14% of his at bats in 41 games at AAA, which is pretty interesting that he strikes out that little, but he was in the 37th percentile whiff percentage and the first percentile in chase rate. I think what it comes down to is he's going to swing at bad pitches but he still is able to consistently not strike out and put the ball into play. And if you're going to swing at bad pitches, but at least you're not going to strike out, I'm okay with that. Um, Steamer projects him for a 275 average, 21 homers and 73 RBIs. And he, to me is like, nobody talks about him, but he is, he hits the ball. So incredibly hard. He's got one of the highest um, uh, barrel percentages and just how, uh, exit velocities, how hard he hits the ball. He's like a, uh, he's not Vlad Guerrero, obviously, but it just reminds me of somebody that's like, I'll swing at bad pitches, but and I won't strike out a ton. And I'm going to, when I make contact, I'm going to crush the ball. It's like, so it's, you know, you see the Miguel Sano's out there that crush the ball, but they strike out a ton. Oscar Gonzalez to me is a guy that's going to swing at bad pitches, but he's still going to be able to put the ball and play a lot. He's playing for an improving Guardians offense. So I really like, uh, <laughs> I really like Oscar Gonzalez. <laughs> What's wrong with Walmart? Nothing's wrong with Walmart. That's I where I do my shopping. That's David. where I do my shopping too. <laughs> I, I'm I'm using Walmart as the underappreciated. Everything is wrong with Walmart. I'll I'll gladly say that. Whoa. Well, if we're talking corporate, yes. If we're talking my shopping experience, no. Dave doesn't care. David doesn't care about local economies. It's all about him <laughs> saving fifteen cents. <laughs> Well, I will say they yeah. need to hire more checkout people. They can provide. <laughs> I will say if they're charging $10 a box for Magic Spoon cereal, they have another thing coming. Magic Spoon. I mean, shout out to them. Are you not even buying Lucky Charms at this point? Me? Yeah. I never bought Lucky Charms. Well, isn't Magic Spoon cereal the Walmart version of Lucky Charms? 
No, you never heard no. of Magic Spoon? No. That's or that boozy cereal that like, you know, it's good for you. It, they, they literally, uh, they're sponsors for like all the big podcasts. I didn't know that. Not, not ours though, so. Yeah, not ours yet. We're not giving you any airtime. They, they ignore my emails to them. But it's like the healthy, like protein, like 10 grams of protein per serving, like less than 200 calories, no sugar. It's it, look when you go next time to Walmart, they'll have them. It's ten dollars okay. a box. It's okay. insane. I and I bought like three of them just to try them. <laughs> Were they just a smash try them, So I bought so I bought three boxes. Well, there, there there's like there's like six flavors. There's a bunch okay. of different flavors. Wow, so I bought I didn't three know this. flavors. <laughs> this is why I, I would say this is why David's so big in the gambling, so he can purchase his ten dollar box right. of cereal. Get my. We were talking about cereal last week. True. And then <laughs> three checkouts open at ten a.m. Facts. I've never related to something. We so need. Strange. We were gonna do our um, our wake and rake, and have just bowls of. Oh, cereal. I thought we were doing that next Thursday morning. <laughs> uh, I can't. I'll be working. Uh-huh. Well, no, it'd be this. It'd be this Thursday because it's opening day. All right, I'm down. I can't, but it would have been a good idea. Let's go to the third hitter before we keep going too much off topic here, Doc. Who's your third hitter? So for me, it's Nick Castellanos. This was a guy I really liked prior to the Reese Hoskins injury. And obviously him being out for the season is a little bit of a damper. Not that Hoskins was going to take any playing time for him because Castellanos was slotted into an everyday role. But when you look, he actually started off last season pretty well. And in April, he had 303 home runs, 12 RBIs, and an 849 OPS. Then he got plunked on the right wrist, which they call the contusion, but he actually fractured the same wrist in 2021. And that's kind of what plagued him a little bit. And looking more into it, he had a kid mid-season, first year of a five-year, 100. Mm. Marty's shaking his head. He doesn't know what athletes go through. They're humans, too. How dare he have a kid in the middle of my fantasy baseball season? (laughs) Exactly. So that middle stretch of the season when people are really involved in their team, he was awful. But when you look, especially after the Phillies fired Joe Girardi and brought in Rob Thompson, hit 288 in the second half, looked like a completely revamped player in the playoffs. And keep in mind, this is a guy that had played for the Reds and the Tigers, two losing organizations. Sorry, Marty. So I think playing in that World Series gave him probably a little bit more motivation. The first year of a contract is always tough, especially in Philly. And as he put, he had a, a lot of shit going on. So I think second year is going to be easy for him. And you're getting a guy that's hit 25 plus home runs in three seasons at a discount. So doc, do you think what's his, what's his most likely outcome for you in terms of the numbers? So numbers wise, I'm going to say he hits 257 with 27 home runs 89 RBIs, mm. 77 runs. Well, you are a big Nick, Nick Castellanos bounce back guy. I am. He looked pretty awful in the playoffs, so let's hope that was just a blip there. Don't forget he made two ca- two uh, game-saving catches. Yeah, but defense doesn't do anything for fantasy. Defense buys you playing time, though. We'll see. Marty? I, I asked Vaughn Grissom about that. I uh, I don't know if it was just defense why he got sent down. Marty, who's your third hitter? Another Brewer baby, Willie Adamas. I didn't even realize well, that I you have on. three Brewers. I didn't even realize it until I was because when I did it, I did um I sent Art my list earlier and he didn't even point it out to me. 
So, because I, I I call them like pitch, pitchers and hitters, but I realize all my hitters are almost almost all my hitters are Brewers. So uh, Willie Adamas, thirty one home runs last year, eight stolen bases. He barrels the crap out of the ball, and he was one of those guys that I could wait on shortstop if I didn't get one of those top top guys. I could wait until like the eighth, ninth, tenth round and still get him. So like in the fifteen team league, I think I have him in three or four leagues. Um, thinking get you twenty eight home runs around there, five to seven, maybe ten stolen bases with the new rules. Mm-hmm. And in that park, I absolutely love. Um, I don't know the name of where the Brewers play anymore, but um, where they do play, it's great. And uh, yeah, he's going to be hitting. Where's he at in that lineup? Second. So Dielich, Adamas, uh, Telez. So my three boys back to back to back. Wow. I mean, there is a lot to like about the Adamas family. 31 homers last year, 98 RBIs, like you talked about, uh, 238 batting average with the, you know, uh, about about the expected batting average the same, but the the strikeouts not too astronomically high twenty six point nine percent could be a little bit better, but showed improvement from the previous two seasons. Walk rate hovers near double digits. I mean, he's there's a lot of tools there to like, and the Brewers definitely aren't going to take his bat out of the lineup because they don't have a ton of great hitting. They have Rowdy Telez, they have him. Obviously, hope we can get Yelich to bounce back. I'm really excited for their younger players in the outfield. Well, which I don't think we'll be talking about on the show. Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelick, both of those guys I think are going to make marks in the outfield this season. Joey Weimer also, who just was sent down to minor league camp, but they Garrett all play Mitchell. outfield. Garrett Mitchell, four home runs this uh, spring, batting mm-hmm. 303 and 33 uh, at-bats. Looking pretty good. UCLA Bruin represent. Oh, yeah. And what, what, what do you, why'd you say Adamas family? <laughs> you trying to slip a, slip a nickname past us? Yeah. I did. I, I was so- oh, that's, oh, I get it. Okay. The Willie Adamas family. That's, and you can say the Willie Adamas family is Rowdy Telez, Yelich, and him. I, because it's three I actually You're three. really love that. <laughs> Real quick. Did you redeem yourself from the Hunter Renfro comment earlier. Thank you. Thank you. Do we think Luke Voigt's going to be anything in, for the Brewers? Has anyone thought about that? Yeah, He's going to be a screamer, I feel like. I, I'm, I want to double check. I'm pretty sure I saw in MLB trade rumors that he was cut or – they granted him his release or something. No, no, he just signed with the Brewers. He's got cut again. Let me, let me hold on. Let me double check. I could have misread that because I read it like on my lunch break, like half read it. Um, it was like the top story on there. Da, 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 da. This is great podcasting. Um, this is good. They definitely, yeah, there was a, um, a post. Struggle they, with us. they made a post. Um, there's been so many news today because it's like now I, to, I keep just keep scrolling down to find it. Um, no. He crushed a 447 foot home run today. Yeah, they signed him to. I think David, Guaranteed I think you're getting him confused that they signed him to the one year deal and designated Keston Hira. Yeah, Hira. That's who they did. De- okay, paid. that's that's what yeah. it was then. Okay, Brewers signed Luke Voigt to one year deal, designated Keston Hira, and uh, Bryce Durang makes roster who could throw a wrench into the Adamas family here because I believe he is. Yeah, he's a shortstop too, isn't he? Who? Bryce, Bryce Durang. Durang. Oh, I, I'm not worried about that. No, Adamas is he's he ain't going nowhere. Bryce Durang is a good stolen base target, like in um in a DC 50, because the the Brewers like him. I know a lot, and he has a lot of stolen base upside. Uh, the Brewers just have a ton of great prospects. Very interesting. A lot of them I think are going to contribute this year. He's a top 100 prospect by both Baseball America, um, and MLB.com's prospects. So. Just keep an eye on him there. Elsie, your next hitter is? 
Uh, I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn as the next guy I want to bring up. I, I was thinking about other Brewers we could talk about just, just to solidify <laughs> the Milwaukee fan base. Um, we want to, we want to talk up the Brewers. I mean, I, I, I like other Brewers, but I also like Andrew Vaughn a lot. I've been talking up Andrew Vaughn all off season. I think he's at a point in his career when he's going to start to turn his, his experience into games on the field. He's had about a thousand plate appearances and you can't underestimate how how much he's going to benefit from having a new approach from the manager position for him. Um, mm-hmm. First base uh, all the time, or you know he's or DH. He, he little bit concerned. He just had a back injury. Just missed about a week of spring with a back injury, but uh, he's back now. No pun intended. Uh, played today. Um, someone I've been on all, all off season. Uh, I, I really think that this is the year he explodes. Uh, those those runs in RBI totals go way up. The power is gonna gonna jump up. Vaughn, someone I've been on. And we talked about before with the White Sox how their overall approach last year to just basically make contact mm-hmm. and not worry about power. He led all of the Chicago White Sox last year with 17 home runs. Um, so a new coach, new coaching staff in place, maybe allows them to hit. A hit for power again, maybe take some more strikeouts, but uh, he's going to also be entrenched at first base. It seems like they're not going to put him out in the outfield anymore, and that should hopefully help him just at the plate too. So um, Andrew Vaughn is definitely somebody that's that's very intriguing, and I drafted last night. I think he's a a good um, candidate for this specific show, as well as the player that I think is compares to him a lot and what I think the production will be for my pick and Jose Miranda, who you can get as a third baseman slash first baseman, Andrew Vaughn is a first baseman slash outfield. So both give you uh, multi-position eligibility here, but the third base qualification is huge because it is very shallow this year. 251 in the first half for Jose Miranda, 280 in the second half. Um, after his first month in the bigs, he didn't hit below 259 in any single month. He's a great contact hitter and he grew as the season went on. I do think he's going to be the best overall hitter in the Twins lineup this season. I don't think Buxton stays healthy enough to be relevant. And I think Carlos Correa is just going to be kind of hot and cold. I think Miranda is going to be the consistent four or five middle of the order bat that they need. And we talked we talk about all offseason when his name's come up multiple times that he hit 241 and 02 counts last year, which is one of the best marks in baseball. Uh, so he's really good with hitting with two strikes. And struck out under 20% as a rookie and he's just got so many great things going for him. As long as the injury isn't a a problem. Uh, I know he was kind of a little banged up going into the season, but I think he'll be okay. So Jose Miranda, definitely also on this list. Let's quickly go through our fourth hitter and then we'll start tacking some pitching doc. Your first or your last hitter would be who? It's going to be JD Martinez. And the one uh, knock on I have for him is he's only utility eligible in NFBC and ESPN. So hopefully he plays a little bit of outfield and gains some eligibility there. Sometimes players just need a new change of scenery. And I know Boston is viewed as a historical organization, but when you look at how they've treated players, especially in their negotiations the last few seasons, you can just feel like there's kind of a cloud hanging over them. And I think him being reunited with Mookie Betts and their hitting coach is going to serve him well. And when you look at some of the, um, Metrics last year, 87th percentile in X slug, 78th percentile max EV, 87% in barrel percentage, 
He's going to get a lot of counting stats. He's projected to hit fifth according to roster resource and not as stacked as before um, Dodgers lineup. But when you look at the people above him, it's Mookie Betts, it's Freddie Freeman, it's um, Max Muncie four and Will Smith three guys Mm -hmm. that generally have a good on base percentage. So I think a lot of counting stats for him there. I think if there's any, anywhere that he could resurge the last couple of years of his career, it's going to be the Dodgers. And um, I don't think he has that Dodger tax draft that you see a lot of guys have. The only thing that sucks is he's just DH eligible. So it's just hard when you fit him in your I, I like when I make a – I realize this is the third time I've talked about a player. And the initial point that I talk about, David then just talks about it again <laughs> to, like, wrap it up in a bow. Like, I didn't just say it. It's – uh. What is it like? It's like the when you get a loaf of bread and there's the the end pieces. I'm just giving you the other end piece, even though it's it's like the same thing. It's like the end pieces on both sides. The worst part of the the bread. That's right. It's the, the worst part of your discussion at the end. Um, You're choosing to reiterate the worst part, then. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you, I don't have any JD Martinez this year. I really do think he is one. Of, it's one of the things the age is really starting to catch up with you in, in baseball. I feel like age is probably the biggest detriment because if your hand-eye coordination is going down, it takes you an extra quarter of a second to catch up to a pitch and you have to start swinging earlier. Uh, it can go pretty quick. I'm I mean, very David, nervous. Besides, besides his power going down, like what do you, he hit 274 last year, 286 the year before that. I know the 2020 season so, when he didn't have so that. You're telling me he hit 286 and then last year he hit 274. So this yeah, year is probably going to that league average. So it's probably going to go down again to like, in the two fifties with no power. Okay. That's still above point average, by the way. Well, I was going to say, do you think, um, with the veteran of his stature, do you think actually being part of a win now team is going to help? I don't really, I mean, I think he's good for the clubhouse, but I don't really know if it's going to necessarily always translate to bat. Like I'm thinking best case scenario is like a Justin Turner type of thing where there's like not a lot of power there. But, you know, he's making contact. He, he gets a lot of RBIs because he's hitting, you know, sixth or seventh in the lineup and is driving in runs. But I just – I don't – personally, I'll I'll wear it if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant this year David, for, for 12 team leagues. For 12, for 12 team leagues. 12 team David, leagues. Let me David, specify that. 15 team leagues, that? I think he'll be rosterable. How, how old do you think J.D. Martinez is? 34. J.D. Martinez is 35. Do you know how many home runs Justin Turner had in his age 36 season? 19. 27. Mm. Mm. I'm, but if anybody <laughs> in the comments has an opinion on it, I don't think J.D. Martinez is relevant anything 12 teams or less. 15 team leagues or and anything bigger than that, uh, sure. Can you give me give me a projection. What do you got for him? This is the projection show. Uh, if you come in that, uh, I'll say I'm going to say 256. With how many home runs did he have last year? He had. Let's pull this up. 16. <laughs> Arjun. <laughs> that was funny. Tony's taking notes on not to draft JD Martinez. He's a Dodger fan. He might be taking. I notes wouldn't be caught with JD Martinez on any of my. Arjun's a smart guy. That's yeah. He's a funny guy. So batting 256, how many home runs? What do you got him six, for? He had 16 last year. All right, he's going to bat 256 with 11 home runs. Wow. 11 home runs. You hate him. This is and, great. And 61 RBIs. 
Oh, wow. That's crazy. So are you going to hand go. him a slip to go back to the minors? <laughs> I'm going to hand him his retirement check because he's just going to retire. He ain't going to the minors. If there was a prop for J.D. Martinez home runs, they would put his life savings on it. Jeez. Uh, I never, well, first of all, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm that confident. I'm just that's that's my I think he's slowly just degenerating <laughs> before our eyes. What is your last guy? Um, who, who's the next brewer up? No, is it degenerating? Uh, did I say de- I meant deteriorating. I don't. That. <laughs> I just I let that one roll. Um, this is the guy who I just I grabbed at the end of a mini drafts just in case. Anthony Volpe, the mm-hmm. next Derek Jeter, baby. Like I just yeah. he's not someone I've touted throughout our our shows leading up mm-hmm. to the year, but when I look back at the you know the teams I've drafted, uh, he's on most of them. So. Now that's looking really good, but I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I knew he was going to be there day one. I thought maybe maybe June he'll come up, maybe get you 10 home runs, maybe 10 stolen bases, but looks like it'd even be better than that. Uh, spring training, he's hit the cover off the ball. Um, over his 55 at-bats, he has three home runs, six doubles, slashing 309, 415, 618, and he's leading the team in stolen bases. Mm-hmm. So a Yankees team that is just a bunch of guys that no one runs on that team. So this is going to really help them, you know, uh, from an athletic uh, perspective. I'm excited just to see him play defense. Um, I'm giving him the next Derek, Derek Jeter tag, um, and I'm excited for the for his season, man. It's going to be cool. And I think it's a really important thing to point out, too, that ne- maybe we necessarily weren't touting these guys for months, but – we can get in on these guys and make sure that he's on a lot of our teams. And Anthony Volpe is a, a great example. Uh, he's going now uh, on NFBC. He's going like in the top 120 picks. Uh, and I got him in the 28th round of our triple players ball. And what was that? Like six weeks ago, I mean, two months ago, we did it that was beginning of February, beginning okay. of February. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's crazy. Just how much, you know, as time goes along, the player values shift dramatically. And I'll bring up a pitcher that it's a very similar thing for me, Marty. I have a lot of exposure to them, but I wasn't in on them early. I, I got out on them pretty late, but um, it's just about who you're going to you know, trust and believe in what you're seeing, even if it's later on. So uh, Anthony Volpe is a good call there. LC, you're, who is your last hitter? Uh, got a few options here. I think I'm going to go. One of my most drafted guys is Dansby Swanson. I think pick. it's a homer pick. It's our big signing, and it came off of a career year. But where he's going, where he's been going in the draft, he's going as the 12th shortstop, going around pick 96. You can't, you can't really go wrong, guy who's gonna who's committed to, to, to stealing, to steals, who has good power, who plays every day, and is going to get be hitting in a good spot in a pretty decent lineup. I think uh, with what they paid him, his spot in that lineup is is always going to be good, and um, and I think he's going to produce. He, he's he's shown for the past three or four seasons a solid batting average, and the counting stats have been there. So Dansby, I think, is going to return that draft uh, draft value. And and you know, a lot of people think his first year in a in a under a big contract is is a bad thing. It doesn't necessarily mean not every person has a rough first year in a contract. I think that this Cubs team has – I think he's going to have a good year for his first year with the Cubs. It doesn't have to be as good as last season to mm-hmm. return solid value for that draft pick. Do you think he 
regresses from what we saw in his contract year last year. 25 home runs, 96 RBIs, 18 steals, 277 average. Well, it's tough to say with the steals. I think the steals were bumped up a little bit last year. I don't think mm-hmm. the power was was overly bumped up last year because he's been oh, in his mid-20s the last couple seasons. Um, I think with with the plate appearances that that he gets, he plays every day. Um, it, he may not show the same commitment to getting stolen bases that he did last season when it's when it was his mm-hmm. his most steals in a season. Of course, in his walk year, but I think with the fact that he has always shown sort of a propensity to, to take off, he's had close to double digit steals every every year of his career. I think you can mm-hmm. kind of say a floor is his floor in steals is pretty good. It's like about nine or ten, which is which is solid. He's in the middle of a very deep position. You can wait on him later in your drafts. You know, if you don't take Trey Turner or Francisco Lindor or you know Fernando Tatis or any of these guys that are shortstop eligible early on, you can wait for him and he should be a good value where he's going. Uh, we'll close out the hitters here real quick. Taylor Ward. Um, and this used to be Jose Abreu, but I thought his value got too good to to include for at least for myself personally here. Taylor Ward is still outside the top 100 picks, and he he definitely got a lot of helium as the season one or off season went along. Not really a bargain anymore, um, but he was hitting 392 with five home runs and 13 RBIs in April, 11 walks to 12 strikeouts, 1284 OPS. Then in May, uh, he crashed into a wall. And pretty much was not the same hitter after that. So up going up into that point, 375 with nine homers and 23 RBIs. Uh, after May 20th, when that happened, he slashed 219 with just eight home runs and 24 RBIs and 311 paid, uh, plate appearances. But still showed he was able to draw walks and had the, the same eye at the plate. Uh, but he really seemed like towards the end of the season, he really started finding his groove again, which could happen if you know if you crash into a wall and you need a little bit of time to kind of get back to where you were swinging the bat. Uh, he hit 345 in August and September, 397 OBP, 575 slug with six homers and 18 RBIs. I think the first and the end of the year is a little closer to what we could see from Taylor Ward this season. Maybe not necessarily him being like the a top five outfielder like he was at that time, but. Uh, I think he very much could be somebody. I mean, you can get him as like your third outfielder right now, and I'm very comfortable with that. So Taylor Ward, I think, is very much due for a nice little bounce back this season. We're already 15 minutes, and we haven't done pitching, so we'll we'll try to do pitching a little bit quicker here. So uh, let's start it off this time. Let's go backwards. Elsie, give us your first pitcher. Yeah, my first pitcher that I want to talk about is a guy who I've never been in on before this season, and that's mm-hmm. Jesus Lazardo. I I I'm I gotta try and get it on him this season. The 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 upside is too good. His the way he pitched in Miami towards the end, you see that strikeout potential. Mm-hmm. You see the health is there coming into the season. He just pitched well also for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. And we've been waiting on this guy for years. I think that he's a he's a solid, solid pitcher. I want to get a lot of pieces of him because if he gets that at 140, 150 inning total, Lazardo could be a, a big breakout this year. As long as he stays healthy. I think that's yeah. been a big question mark with him. Uh, mysterious injuries, but definitely has the potential. Marty Party, your first pitcher is who? Ty Gray. I've talked about him enough all offseason. Um, 25 years old, big prospect pedigree. 
projected to pitch 150 plus innings with 160 Ks. The Washington's defense literally could not be worse. So his ERA was over five, but his XERA last year was 4.25. Mm-hmm. So um, where he's at, he's a, he's going to get you you know plenty of strikeouts. Um, I'm hoping he can get his ERA close around that that 4.0. And if he doesn't, you can just drop him. I mean, he's basically free. You know, even mm-hmm. in 15 team leagues. Yeah, agreed there. Doc, your first pitcher is. It's going to be one of my Seattle Mariners pitchers. And we had our home league yesterday and David was surprised. I took three Mariners pitchers. So the first one has got to be Luis Castillo. My pick to win the AL Cy Young. I think finally playing in a favorable ballpark. Seattle has uh, by metrics from Bleacher Report, the uh, most hitter friendly ballpark in the American League. Second in all of baseball. It's going to finally get hope, hopefully get some run support from uh, the Seattle offense as well. gets to face the athletics a decent amount. Um, but this is something that I, I kind of like that I think Seattle is going to push him is he signed a five-year, uh, about $100 million extension off last offseason. And if he has any UCL-related injury where he misses at least 135 games in that span, his last year becomes a $5 million player option. So mm-hmm. to me, that signifies, and he hasn't had a significant one yet, that Seattle is going to push him, that they're not going to give him um, rest in rotation. And this is a guy that was a consensus second, third round pick a couple of years ago. And I think the um, factors are more favorable now. What do you have him as your ranked as your S uh, what SP do you have him ranked as? He's my number nine SP. Do you have him higher than that? Yeah, I think I have him like six or seven. Okay. Yeah, I know he's, you've been touting him as your AL Cy Young pick. He definitely should have a nice season in Seattle. Uh, my first player is the, we kind of touched on it earlier is somebody that I wasn't in on um, until we had Nick Pollock on this show and yeah, listen to Nick Pollock for pitching. No, duh. Uh, but I try to like, make sure that no matter who we have on the show that you can buy to build your own opinions on players, not just listen to certain people. And I think we all have done a really good job at that as we all, you know, are, Fantasy baseball analysts, in a way, the fact that we we dive into the numbers, we all make our own claims on players and look into numbers. And when he brought up Reed Detmers, I looked a lot more into him. And there's just so many good things. And and now it's Reed Detmers isn't a secret anymore either. And uh, just even just from his start today, uh, from his velocity increasing, fastball forcing fastball uh, was averaging ninety six point seven today. That last year was ninety three point two. That's a three and a half mile increase on his fastball slider last year averaged 85.9 that was 91.2 an over five mile per hour increase on his slider ladies and gentlemen that is humongous changes those are gigantic to have three miles per hour on your fastball and five miles per hour added on your slider uh, that's nuts so basically long story short Reed Detmers with that increased velocity and the way he started changing how he threw down the stretch he was actually at a, a, a just a barely over a three ERA down the stretch once he got called back up to the angels towards the second half of the year, he's going to be a rock star as long as he stays healthy. Um, that's, I think the biggest question is that velocity increase. Can he stay healthy? And I drafted, he's become a player drafted him in TGFBI. I drafted him last night in our home league. Pretty sure I actually have him in like one other league too. And I'm only doing six this year. So I pretty much have him in three of my six leagues. Uh, he's become one of those guys that I, I try to get as my SP four. And I'm feeling really good about it. So Reed Detmers is somebody, if you're drafting uh, today, tomorrow, Thursday, get some Reed Detmers on your team. All right, your second pitcher. 
Yeah, I really like that Reed Detmer's call out too, especially in the range where he's going. He seems to have upside. Um, mm. Another another guy, a lot of upside going a little bit after Reed. It's a man named Hayden Wisniewski mm-hmm. for uh, for my very own hometown Chicago Cubs. Got that fifth starter position. Something I was hoping for. Something that a couple months ago wasn't too sure, wasn't too certain. They started signing all these. All these guys, and you thought, oh man, a lot of, lot of, lot of competition. But uh, with a guy like Wesneski, you draft talent. You don't, you don't worry about where his spot is. He's going to get his turn. It turns out, it's right at the beginning of the season, I think he has electric stuff. He's got some of the best stuff on, maybe the best stuff on the Cubs staff. That slider is very good, and he was able to, you know, ever since, you know, working on his his legs, working on his lower body to increase the the repeatability of his motion and the strength of his of his pitches with the Yankees. Um, something that the Cubs saw when they brought him, and one of the reasons why they brought him in. Uh, it, it's he's been fantastic. I think this is a year he he has a really solid year for the Cubs um, as their as one of their starting pitchers. And you know, you know, injuries might be there as they are for any pitcher, but. If he stays healthy, I really like the production he's going to give. Doc, that's one of your guys, I'm assuming, too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, got to give credit when credit is due. He's somebody that I think Vinny had mentioned when we did who was our next right after the season ended. We talked about who is the next Kyle Ryder, the Spencer Strider, the guy that comes out of nowhere. And it was Hayden Wisniewski and or Wisniewski. And, um, you know, just somebody who's ADP was very low that you didn't have to reach necessarily to get, you know, that has, that showed promise in his six starts at the end of last season. I've, I've talked about him on previous shows. Um, and somebody that I got right before David in our final couple rounds of our draft. And, yeah. you know, David was feeling really good about his draft. And then I took that and then an Oscar Colas pick after that. And you yeah, know, David was just, fun. David was just deflated. And and that's kind of what really bumped him in there is just seeing David being disappointed after that, overshadowing a good draft that he thought he had. I mean, I still had a really good draft. I just thought uh, this. It's like you. I, I don't even know how I want to compare it, but it's, it's I, just the way it ended. David was feeling so good, loving the players he got, and then it's, how did I forget that? And the recency bias crept in, and then David's smile started to fade a little bit. Are you done? Yeah, I don't have a poem for that. It was more just a story, but we'll <laughs> yeah. get back to the poems next week. Yeah, I mean, Aiden Wisniewski, credit, like you said, words do. Vinny down on the farm eight was on him before anybody else that I saw. And he definitely, that if there's a, a name and person you're touting as one, uh, that's that's him and, and Hayden Wisniewski over anybody else. We even got another comment on our YouTube channel about Vinny being a time traveler. Uh, he's He's definitely a really good analyst. And Wisniewski's got great stuff. And I think he's the Cubs, like you said, the Cubs' fifth starter. Spring training has done nothing to sway the fact that he looked good. Um, and he's going to be somebody that is a nice little sleeper this year. So good call for both you guys. Marty, who's your second pitcher? Rowenzi Contreras for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, mm-hmm. I think Hayden Wisniewski's uh, stuff plus is 105. Contreras is 107. The stuff's mm-hmm. even filthier. Um, so I'm really excited to see him this year. He's, uh, he's worked on his changeup. He's worked on his curveball to just better balance out, you know, his, uh, his arsenal. He's only 23 years old. He has no innings limit this year. I'm excited for him. 
There, and Pittsburgh pirate pitcher making the show. I didn't think he was going to get on here. I did it <laughs> against all odds. I did it, but no, I have him in almost every league. Okay, fair enough. Um, my next player, we talked about the Seattle Mariners, George Kirby, who was probably the other pitcher that I was not in on as early. I got in on him more in January. Was the other pitchers I was more on in December. Um, but George Kirby breakout is coming this year, I think. And you know, last year from July on, a two ninety two ERA, a three three nine ERA overall on the season, one hundred thirty three strikeouts at one hundred thirty innings, only twenty two walks. Uh, that's that's still the best mind-boggling thing. He's his control is ridiculous. Eight scoreless innings in the playoffs, and just just a, a little factoid here: Kurt, there were 121 pitchers who threw more than 604 seams fat four seam fastballs last year in the league. Uh, George Kirby fastball had the third lowest run value per 100 pitches behind only Nestor Cortez and Luis Castillo. And one of the reasons I really like him is not only has he been working on a new changeup. Uh, but he's also been working on a split change that he's uh, basically using more to help uh, like a little more deceptive. You can't really pick it up coming out of his hand. And the early results in spring training have been fantastic. Uh, I think just his last start, it was like five innings and nine strikeouts. I think the strikeout upside was the biggest thing missing in his profile because his control is outrageous. And I've been comparing it to the Shane Bieber leap that we saw where Shane Bieber kind of came up and you knew he was going to have really good control, but maybe be too much around the plate, the strikeouts wouldn't be there. And then all of a sudden the next year, he's one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. And I think that's what's coming for George Kirby here. And I've been, I have a lot of George Kirby and Eric took him from me last night. And the fact that Eric already had two Seattle starters going into it and he took a third Seattle starter, which on one team is ridiculous. It's not really ridiculous because it's not like they're fighting for a rotation spot. You take guys and talented offenses that Seattle all of a sudden has a, a, snow in the forecast and their whole series gets canceled and then you're going to be screwed. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I don't think there's hopefully going to be snow in April and May, but I could be wrong. You never know. I, uh, I, I was going to say, that's my other guy. I've not George just in our draft yesterday. Too. I uh, have so much George Kirby. <laughs> okay. I mean, anything you want to add? I, I mean, David, you said most of it. I just think what's really impressive. He allowed 13 home runs in 130 innings last year. That's 0.9 home runs per nine which you don't really see from a rookie. They usually mm-hmm. sometimes leave the ball over the plate too much. I, it just speaks to his command. But the fact that he isn't getting hit hard, um, I, I really like him. And David, the, the more you're talking about it, the more I want to place a bet that he has the most strikeouts in the MLB. I mean, I didn't go that far. <laughs> I just said he's going to have a Shane Bieber leap where he's going to have a lot of strikeouts. I don't but think I want to see the odds. I mean, they're probably pretty, pretty high. Get, get to Marty and I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Okay. Marty, yeah, who is, uh, two thumbs uh, up on George Kirby so far this year in spring training at over 11.2 innings. He has 15 strikeouts with a 2.31 ERA, mm-hmm. only given up one bomb, only three earned runs over those um, 11.2 innings. I love everything I'm seeing. I love the ballpark. Um, the, I think you know the team's on the up as far as you know be able to finally deliver um, the Mariners some wins. So everything there, he looks great. Command's insane. If he can just get a little bit more nasty stuff, if you've worked on that, he's just because it's it's slightly below average his stuff. So if he if he can get that next tier, then that's what we're talking about when he can be that like your second starter, you know, or third starter. He's not even on the bet slip on DraftKings. Yeah, there you go. 
I mean, I, I do think again, like I, I think that the, John Gray on there, but I think the strikeouts are coming this year in full force. So be ready. I think it's going to be exciting to watch him make that next leap. Elsie, uh, your third pitcher. I want to get as much Zach Gallon as I as I can this year. He's someone who I think is now sort of one of the workhorses, 180 inning guys, one of the guys you can count on. He's going as a 29th pitcher off the board, uh, pick 67 in the main event. Uh, super solid season last year. Of course, big reason why his numbers were so impressive was the great run in the middle of his season where he went mm-hmm. 40 plus innings in a row without giving up an earned run. Um, what, what a run that was, but if you know, that, that brought the, the season long numbers down to what they were, the amazing 2.41 ERA. But even if you go outside of that, outside of you take that out of his season, his ERA was like 3.28. So he was really impressive even outside of that fantastic run, um, I I think Gallon has shown that he has that, you know, get that nine over a strikeout per inning, um, mm-hmm. and giving you the innings, you know, sort of like uh, sort of like Sandy, he's got that deep arsenal, get you the innings and and over those innings, get you the strikeouts that you're looking for. And I'm I'm really expecting Arizona to have an improved team and mm-hmm. hopefully can bring us more than tw- the 12 wins you got last season. Cause that's where that's where upside might be for him. Yeah, Zach Allen is very exciting and he's expected to be the ace of the staff of what could be one of the most improved teams in baseball this year with all their young. There was talent. like two or three times I was hoping Art was gonna say, he's just got that dog in him. <laughs> Art doesn't say that. <laughs> but he was leading up to like he would say yeah. something like that. Marty, your third pitcher. I uh, wanted to do the unsexy Nick Pavetta. I have him in some places that I have to. It, I, he's not one of those Gross. people that I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to be great. But like, I have him everywhere, so I have to claim him. It's just, you know, it's how it worked out. But yeah, his stuff's great. Average location. We'll see how what his pitch plus is like. He's a workhorse. He should have plenty of starts. The Red mm-hmm. Sox need him. Less AL East matchups. Um, and for where he's going, even in a 15 team league, I'm going to only pitch him against bad teams. Like that's. That, that that that's how much I'm sticking my neck out for him, but I have him on so many teams. I have to claim him. Nick Pavetta. He's my boy. Do you enjoy pain? I, not, not normally, but I guess in this, in this case, yes. <laughs> Fantasy baseball pain from Nick Pavetta. Um, we, we could see what happens. That's uh that's, you know, I, I will give you credit for the, my guys taking it also in the way of what you have most exposure to. And just Dude, I got him out of like six out of nine teams or six out of 18. Like it's bad. It's, it's bad. Like it's, if he does well though, it's going to be great. And if he doesn't, I can cut him. He's like my yeah. seventh, he's like my seventh or eighth SP on each team I have him on. So that's good depth. So Skylar, I don't see Skylar in the chat too often. It's a Skylar's a fan of the show and also a great dude. So cool to uh, see you there, Skylar. Uh, I think we're on our fourth and f- or no, no, I, I think I didn't do my third one. I think we're on my third one because Doc's third one was George Kirby. My third one, uh, I'll save. This was the part where I had to, to oh, I guess I'll go Sean Mania. And, and I want to caveat this because I still think he's going to have a bounce back year. I'm a little discouraged. What I've seen in spring training, the strikeout stuff has been really good. Uh, the strikeouts have definitely been improvement, uh, but I have not been encouraged with how much hard contact he's been giving in spring training. Just long story short, 
He'd been kind of a better than league average pitcher pretty much most of his career last year was an outlier in all different regards. Um, and the Giants basically take the seam shift and wake approach with a lot of their pitchers. And his arsenal uh, kind of aligns well with what Logan Webb does with um, change-ups and sinkers. So basically, they're going to use the seam shift and wake approach to help that with Sean Manaya. And I think that that's going to uh, to make a big difference. Maybe in the regular season, he'll look a lot better. Again, the strikeouts have definitely been up, which is why I'm encouraged. Uh, but basically, for what seam shift and wake is the dummies guide, because I don't even fully understand it. Basically, the pitch comes out and it looks the same all the way through. Uh, the spin rates are similar, but it's very different movement on the ball. So that's kind of how you can get away with that um, seam shift and wake type of approach there. So that's why I like Sean Manaya. And uh, Tony says, Marty rolling with the late rounders. Yes, sir. David is going to get the biggest helping of I told you so when Sean Manaya sucks and we all said I told you so. (laughs) Well, I will say that's the third time you've explained the seam shifted wake and that was your best one yet. I actually understood that one. That was great. I think I said that every time, didn't I? That's what I mean. I think that was your, I'm saying like, that's the the most thorough time. Like you're getting better at explaining it each time. It's call me a young Eno Saris. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that, but all right. <laughs> Marty, why don't you give us the, we'll go around the horn. Give us the last one. You can start it. Um, I already gave mine. Gray, Contreras, Kirby, and Pavetta. You got all four of my guys. Oh, that's right, because you, you did Kirby too. Okay. I hopped on the Kirby train. Yep. Okay. Elsie, last one. Uh, I'm really excited about David Peterson getting a chance uh, with the Mets. Mm-hmm. I love his strikeout stuff. I thought he looked really good to close out last season, and I'm excited he's getting a little chance to earn that position. Uh, I've picked him up in a lot of my leagues. I think, you know, he, All, he has to get him last night. I do not think so. I don't think so. No. Did you get him? <laughs> I got him. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Jerk store. They called. They're running out of you. <laughs> okay, George Costanza. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's a good call, and and he won the the uh, fifth starter job, and which is a huge for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, Tyler McGill was sent down, so it's not like he has a competition breathing down his neck. Jeez, life comes at you fast. He's the story after uh, the opening week, and now not even making the opening roster. He'll be up, I'm sure, soon. The Mets always get injuries. Uh, Skyler Wesneski oh, was missed it, brother. Yeah, we had a big Wesneski talk. That was like, I think it was like 15 big, minutes big ago. Wesneski. If you, if you listen to the pod when it comes out tomorrow or just watch the YouTube back, it, it's probably like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes ago. Um, we talked about Hayden Wesneski. The Doc, who was your last player? You know what? It's been a guy I've been counting, Sinal Perez, the O setup guy. I've been taking him in um, uh, DC 50s, I took him in triple players ball. I took him in TGFBI with my last pick. I haven't taken him in a home league, but the O's are projected to win seventy between 76 to 78 games on most betting sites. They're not mm-hmm. going to blow people out, and I think they're going to have the Royals approach where their starters go five innings, and then they have the bullpen come in. And I know everybody is drafting Felix Bautista, had a knee issue in spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think he's the solidified closer. Like Everybody thought last year it was going to be um, – who who did they trade to the Mar- Tanner Scott right before the season started? Mm-hmm. Then it was Jorge Lopez, and they traded him away. I don't think Felix Bautista has a safe uh, or as long a, a role as everybody thinks. And then Perez over spring training, um, he's gone five innings, one earned, six hits. 
I don't know. I think it's just a stash for a team that is going to have a lot of save opportunities. It's going to be a good holds target too. If you're just looking for a team that could play in a lot of close games that could have some holds available, not bad there too, but yeah, you're, you're definitely in on him. That's a good, my guy to finish yours out doc. Uh, my last, my guy is my favorite pitching breakout this year, Nick Lodolo. And he is just really turned his career around, even though it's an early career. Um, in the beginning of the year, definitely kind of a little bit shaky, then had a back injury, a uh, five, five, two ERA at the time of his back injury. Uh, but really in the second half, once he, um, over his next 88.2 innings pitched a three, three, five ERA, three fifty five X FIP ground ball rate at about 47% overall on the season last year, 131 strikeouts and 103.1 innings pitched. The big change that he made, why I'm so excited, is an article that Justin Choi put out on Fangraphs where he talked about Nick Liddell adding two more horizontal inches of movement on his curveball. Did sacrifice a little bit uh, of, of velocity, but that extra horizontal movement combined with the fact that he basically is one of those pitchers that like, when he releases it, it looks like he's coming from his hip, adds so much deception on that curveball it just changed his whole approach to how he approached hitters. They couldn't pick it up, and he was able to use that to start uh, placing his sinkers in more favorable counts and then to be able to uh, have his fastball introduce more swing and misses. Um, it's just overall just tremendous growth as a pitcher. Uh, he is somebody I'm, again, so excited about. Nick Lodolo, you got to draft Nick Lodolo. Um, I, I have him more than any other player, hitter or pitcher, on any of my teams this year if he if he gets hurt or he's bad i will definitely eat it but um nick Lodolo, if you want to see a full breakdown it's on our youtube channel i did a breakdown of him um on our that you can um kind of see all the reasons but yeah i'm excited for him um last couple things here deeper one there sean wannabe pv and <laughs> and jelly anyone is that, is that supposed to be uh sean Manaya? No, uh, Jelly is like six six eleven. One of the Giants' pitching prospects. Uh, I I mean I I he could be up this year. I think he's going to be he, if he gets some of their starts. But uh, okay, that's a that's a deep pull, Sean Jelly. PB. I didn't Jelly. even know that he was pulling there. I just I didn't get the reference for a second. Okay, that that's a good. I mean I I'm a big I'm a more of a Kyle Harrison guy. If we're talking about um. Guys getting uh, potentially prospects for them getting called up this year. I think Kyle Harrison's got great stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Nick Lodolo, Tony is the truth. Get some Nick Lodolo. But he did make the opening day roster and he's nasty. So that's interesting. I'll have to keep an eye on him. That's a good good way to end the show there, Skylar, to, to throw his name in there. I think that's our listeners can definitely uh, look to see if he's on the wire as potential depth right now. Uh, but that's it. We did pretty much like 30 players. In about an, a little over an hour. So hopefully you guys listen to all our reasons for our, all my our, my guys. We got hitters and pitchers. So when you do your drafts over the next couple of days here, just take in mind if you, you like any of the reasons we gave for some of these players, you draft them. And uh, hopefully they can win you fantasy championships because I'll tell you what, if you guys are listening to this podcast, then you are definitely not an average player. You're putting in the time to, uh, to beat your league mates. So that's uh, hopefully what we can do for you guys here give you those little uh, guys we think that can uh, take you to the top. Yep. Um, 
that note, is there anything else we want to add here before we sign off for the night? Any um, special announcements next week will be the... Yeah. I was going to say, I just want to shout out to our listeners. Thank you for being with us all, all the off season. This is this is the time now. All that work you put in, the hundreds of hours of listening, doing the rankings and all those different drafts. Now we can just sit back, enjoy, and just watch baseball and just like really actually like fix our team. So now mm-hmm. this is the, the the second part of it. The most important part is paying attention paying attention to the waiver wire and everything. And we're going to be able to take you all the way there with our in-season show. Marty right. said, enjoy, like we're not going to stress out after two games. <laughs> that we a bad team. That's true. That enjoy, true. enjoy your team that does good that one day. And then the next day you hate it. That's right. Enjoy we're the gonna ride. Be, we'll be having a new revamped in-season show, new segments. Soundboard will be back. We've got a new graphic for our show. Uh, Tons of great stuff that's going to be coming at the in-season show. We're, we're going to really work hard to give you guys not just the the best fantasy baseball content, but the most entertaining and most informative that we can. And I think there's an art in giving information to the listeners that's not just spewing out just data. Uh, I think you have to be able to find a nice balance between giving good data, but also giving it in a way that people can understand. I think we do a really good job of that here. I think that all four of us have a good balance of that. So. Um, if you guys enjoy the content or are excited for the regular season show, please make sure you guys like the videos on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And if you guys are listening to the podcast, please make sure you guys uh, leave a five-star review and ratings and reviews are always awesome. Even if it's not just for our show, for the Fantasy Baseball Beat or for the call-up, all the shows on the Triple Play Fantasy Network, it's always appreciated. Especially uh, you Spotify listeners. Let's get those numbers up. I know mm-hmm. you guys are out there. Just take the second. Give us five stars. What are we doing? Get five stars for Marty's hat. Marty always comes. You breathe every second. Just think about the second you take breathing and give us a five star rating and review instead. Now that's going to cost us a five star rating right there. That's a one star right there. For Doc, for Marty Party, for a little cheesecake, I'm D Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. We'll talk to you guys next week for the first week of the regular season. Talk to you guys soon.